Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. You know, it feels, um, it feels like we got to get a little bit of a stronger hallelujah in our spirit. So come on, come on, right now. Could we just praise God? He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. No, 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 no. Stand to your feet. Come on. Stand to your feet right now. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He shall reign forever. And never, come on, open your mouth, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, now you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Sometimes Sunday morning is really interesting, guys. But he shall reign forever and ever. All right. Now open your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 1 as we continue on our series titled The Family of God. And what we're doing right now is really focusing on the family line of Christ himself. Christ is our chief example for everything. And when you look at his family tree, last week we learned that the family of God is quite unique and unusual. And we learned last week that there's room for everyone in the family of God. How many would say amen? Amen. All right, now today we're going to be picking up right where we left off with Joseph and Mary. And these are two people that were just minding their own business trying to do what's right, be just good, uh, honest folks. And then the Lord rushes upon to the scene of their lives and gives, this, gives them this incredible, elaborate plan that is shocking to them, that is eternal in its impact and actually quite mystical. It's mystical because... They couldn't understand all of the implications. They, they couldn't understand exactly what God was saying. Nothing like this had ever happened before. In the history of the world, there was something amazing about to take place. And another reason why it was kind of mystical is because, because here's, here's the way it went for Joseph and Mary. They could choose to follow God's plan by faith or not. And they weren't going to get a full explanation. They weren't going to get a full understanding. But God was giving them enough for them to know what his great plan was. Why does God do that? Why does God just show up in someone's life And all of a sudden, their dreams are redirected, their plans are redirected, their choices are redirected. We're going one way, and then all of a sudden, God comes into our lives, and we end up going another way. You ever ask the Lord, Lord, why do you do the things that you do and the way you do them? 
Well, it's simple. It's because the family of God is not just unusual, but the family of God is always missional. The family of God is always missional. The moment you meet Jesus, the moment you meet Jesus, just know he has a mission for you. Just know the moment you come to know Christ, there's a plan ready. There is a built-in purpose to anyone who becomes part of the family of God. So here's what I want to do. I want to read this passage and we're going to look at primarily Joseph's mission. It's Joseph and Mary, but today we're just going to look at Joseph. Again, just a, just a regular, simple kind of guy who was about to do something that would be remembered for the rest of time. Because he followed God's mission for his life. And it took faith and it took great courage for, for him to do it. And, and can I tell you one quick thing before we pray to help you receive today. At this time of the year, you should always be asking God of, uh, uh, for fresh clarity regarding his mission for your life. God has a plan for 2020. How many would say amen? It's a unique plan. It's a specific plan. God has the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And so today's topic is so vitally important to the people of God. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this. It is impossible to remain privately healthy long term if you don't live on mission. The mission of God actually keeps us in the will of God with the provision of God and, and, and experiencing the fulfillment and the purpose of God. So let's, let's we're going to read right now and then we're going to pray and say, God, you had a mission for Joseph and Lord, you have a mission for me. So let's go ahead and read Matthew. We're picking up now with verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So here's a, a regular guy trying to do right. And he was a nice guy because even though this was shameful in his mind and in his eyes, he says, I'm going to do this low key. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Here's the mission. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you, Joseph, are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place. So imagine getting the shocking news of what you're supposed to do, even though this has never happened before in the history of time. All this took place uh, to fulfill what the Lord had said 
through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here you see the, the eternity, the eternal purpose and power of the plan of God. This was from the beginning and this is going to be all the way through the end of time. How many are thankful for Emmanuel even today? God with us. Hallelujah. Joseph was playing a powerful role in this. And then it says, when Joseph, everyone, two words, woke up. One more time. When Joseph, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his, as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. There's not much more said about Joseph except him hearing from God and following God. But here's what we know. Joseph was a man who lived on mission. And that simple obedience to this thousands of years later, that simple obedience is still being lifted up as a man who lived on mission and did the will of God. Do you know what the Bible says before we pray? It says heaven and earth will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for this time. And I pray now by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would speak to your people. Lord, if there's anything we need is we need to hear the fresh mission, the call that you have for our lives. If there's anything that we need to receive, Lord, we need to receive our purpose, our mission, oh God. So, Lord, I pray today that all day you would be speaking fresh words of guidance and purpose and direction into the hearts and minds of your people. I pray that if there's anyone that's drifting, oh God, or kind of just kind of moving along, Lord, would you set their life on fire, oh God, to fulfill the plan of God. So bless this word now by your mighty power. Speak to every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. So what we see when you look at the family tree of Christ and when you look at, at, at uh, um, the, the, con the opening, should I say, of the New Testament, one of the things that you see is that when you become part of the family of God, there is a mission. In other words, life is not random for the child of God. I want everyone to say that with me. Ready? Life is not random for the child of God. Here's another thing that you can talk to people about. Is life random or isn't it? Okay. All of this stuff about Jesus coming to the earth. You know why Jesus came to the earth? Jesus came to the earth so that he could clear the way for people to receive the mission of God. Life is not random for the child of God. People live in this life and they think that they could do whatever they want, but not the child of God. We love to say, we love to say, you know what, I'm never alone. God is always with me. But how many know, not only should we say I'm never alone, we should also say I'm not my own. 
we should always say, I'm not my own. I belong to the Lord. And life is not random. It is an oxymoron to say, I'm a child of God, but I don't have a mission. Cannot be. Now, you can live a life without a mission, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have one for you. It just means that you're not on mission. Mission is all over the Bible. I'm going to give you just a few that we don't usually talk about. There are some that we talk about all the time. But I'm going to give you just a few from different places. Let me give you a few. So let's take Samson. right? And this is important. Samson's father, Samson got a word even when he was in the womb that he would uh, be used by God. And look at what Manoah, his father, said. It says, now when your word, he's talking to an angel, uh, the angel of the Lord. Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and everyone and what is his mission? God had a mission for Samson. Jeremiah, it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I knew you in the womb, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. In Judges, there was the woman Deborah. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth nice name, was leading Israel at the time. God knew before the foundations of the earth that he was going to raise up this woman to be a leader. Here's a, just a, a couple more very quickly, or one more, I believe. What's the, do we have the next one? Here's the one that applies to all of us. It says, for we, everybody say, that's me. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, brothers and sisters, before the foundations of the earth, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a moment, before the foundations of the earth, God had a plan for your life and for mine. In other words, God had a mission. And this, a mission is not something that we choose. A mission is something that God chooses. A mission is that God is something that God reveals. Let me give you a, 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 a pretty direct definition of mission. Mission is the deep sense of God's vision, direction, and purpose for your life. When you live on mission... You're living for God's approval and not man's approval. When you live on mission, you're living for God's pleasure, not your own pleasure. Could somebody say amen? amen. Mission is something that, that is downloaded to a person's life and it is so personal and it is so specific. And it, be, it, can, it can grow into something that is so clear and so powerful. And then it changes the way we live. We're not our own. We're supposed to be living on mission. So a great question just right here, right now, is do you have a clear sense of mission? Because God wants us to walk in mission. By the way, by the way, when you see people living on mission in Scripture, that's where you see the most miracles. 
Because when God calls you to do something and obstacles come up, and when God calls you to do something and, uh, and, and uh, blockades or all sorts of difficulties, how many know whom he calls, he equips? How many know when he calls you to do something, he also provides everything that you need to fulfill that. And so if you want miracles in your life, guess what? Live on mission. Because that's when the miracles show up. When you're doing God's will, when you step out in faith, then all of a sudden you start to see the heavens open and God provides by his mighty power. It's an amazing thing when you do God's will it's amazing thing how he actually shows up over and over and over and over again. And so we want to pray, Lord, speak your mission. Here's what I would say about this. I was, um, it's funny, it's super quiet here today. And you know why I think it's super quiet? I think that this generation, when I became a Christian, the possibility of the plan of God and the will of God was celebrated all the time. And it was elevated all the time in the church. And then I think over time, there has been a slight shift. Not a slight shift from Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. But somehow there's been a shift from uh, what will God do for me instead of what can I do to honor him? There's a change. And when you talk to people, when they interview people about why they go to church, it, what dominates the, the, the answers of why people go to church is more it's because of what church and what God does for them versus I'm just passing through. How many know we're just passing through? How many know only what we do for Christ will last? And so there, there's a, we need a, a, a fresh spiritual revelation from God. And we need God to elevate the, the, the value of living on mission again. And it should be clear. And I want to I want to just say this, that we're, there are a couple of very basic fundamental things that we can learn from this, and it applies to all of us. In this passage of Scripture, we see that Joseph received a mission. Joseph was basically a caregiver. And we'll close on this point, but he was basically a caregiver. And, but when you look at his life, here's a couple of general things that apply to all of us. We learn this from Joseph's life. Number one, parents have a mission. Any parents here? Let me see. Raise your hand if you're a parent in the building. Okay? Listen, this is the word of the Lord. Parents, Scripture teaches that parents have a mission. Parents cannot call their kids, but they can raise them in the fear of the Lord and make them ready for the mission of God for, on their lives. You, we can't call our children, but we can raise them up and get them ready for the call of God. 
It is God's will for us. That's why it says raise your children up in the fear of the Lord. And listen, when God gives you a child, there has to be something burning inside of you, a burning awareness that says, Lord, you have a plan for my daughter's life. You have a plan for my son's life. We dedicate this baby to you. God, would you show us how to, how to raise them up, where to lead them, where to guide them. Lord, we want to get them ready so that every day of their lives, it's just building and building and building for the moment that they hear the call of God. We want to make them ready for the call of God. How many know God has a great plan for those babies behind that wall? Could somebody say amen? And here's what I, what I would say is that you have to live like you're called in order to set the example for the called. You have to live like you're called. How do your children understand the call of God if you don't live like you're called? Which, by the way, you are. Which, by the way, God does have a, a, a vision and a purpose and direction for your life and mine. Every parent has the call of God upon them to raise up their children to do the will of the Father during their days on the earth. It's a great thing to say, oh, you can do whatever you want to do. But it's a better thing to say, you need to get ready to do God's will. Amen. Amen. So American in your response. <laughs> I know the angels said amen to that point. But we're so American. We so want our kids to, to live their dreams and do this and do that. Let me tell you something. There's nothing better than doing the will of the Father. Could somebody please say amen. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. Listen, I got a picture for you. Check this out. This was yesterday. Okay. So, uh, um. I don't know if this is uh, getting ready for the call or a little mischief riding around the building. But listen, these parents, okay, Reagan's, Chifiokovsky's, that's the name of that young man, his last name, Shelly and Swavik. These little boys were here. I don't know if they led anyone to Christ yesterday, but I'm telling you, they watched tears. Rolling down faces yesterday. They watch people receiving gifts that they may have set up or they say do this or do that. They were in an atmosphere and in an environment where God was moving by his mighty power. Forty people got saved. Over a hundred families were served. Could we praise God? Hallelujah. And guess what? Their parents were here living like the called, and so they got to experience. What is it that the called, how does it look like for to live like the called? Right there they saw it. And so you have to live like the called in order to set the example for the called. It's crazy. Chrissy and I were praying yesterday for our, um, we prayed for our kids and our grandkids. And, you know, I was thinking about that verse for we are God's handiwork, right? And, and God has created and we, we were created in Christ Jesus and he has prepared good works in advance 
for us to do. And so Wesley, our oldest, had a little sporting event, and, I, and we prayed over Wesley and we're saying, Lord, use this, Lord, for whatever, whatever you have for his life, Lord. Would you use this day and would you show yourself faithful and would you speak to his heart and would you get him ready. And, Lord, every day is a meaningful day to see the plan of God unfold in someone's life. Parents have a mission. And it's deep and it's powerful. And we all have a mission because we're all part of the family of God. We want to serve our kids into greatness. How many would say amen to that? You know, here's the last thing and then I want to move to the next point. So I was talking to a dad this morning. And his son is around eight years old. Um, and his son wrote a note in school. He wrote, uh, actually he wrote a bunch of notes and he said his name, he said his name is famous. Let's say his name was John. John is famous. And he put it in the desks of some of his kids or in their little mailbox. And so the, the teacher told the parent and the parent said, had a talk with the, with the dad, actually had a talk with the son. And he says, um, hey, John, not his name, um, do you really want to be famous? And he was like, oh, busted, you know, like. And he said, why did you write those notes? And he goes, well, you know, sometimes the kids are not very nice to me. And um, when they're when they're not nice to me, I'll try to just say things to encourage myself. And so I, I, I'll write myself a note. And um, first of all, what a remarkable intuition. How many know sometimes we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord? Amen. But see, this is the difference. This is, this is a crossroads moment. And this is why we got to be there. Okay. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And so he says, so I, I just wrote that. And, he, and, and so the dad said, so, um, so why do you want to be famous? And he said, well, if I'm famous, then people will know me and I'll feel good about myself. And so the dad said, can I tell you something that's way better than people knowing you and being famous here? He said, it's way better to be famous in heaven. And he said, do you know that when you're pleasing to God, it doesn't matter if you're pleasing to people. Do you know that God owns everything and has everything? He's the richest. He's the richest one in the whole universe. He's the most powerful one in the whole universe. And he knows you and he loves you and he's pleased with you. And he said, so I'm famous already, right, Dad? He said, that's right. And it's better to be famous in heaven than famous on this earth. How many would say amen? Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. See that talk? You see that seed? That seed is a powerful seed to strengthen him, to prepare him, to empower him. We don't know the future. We don't know, but here's what we know. We know God has a plan for his life. 
And someday he might stand up in front of a, 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 a thousand people. And they might be, they might be, we don't know about this in America, we don't understand persecution, but they might even be against him. But the seed of, I want to please God, I want to do the will of God, it would have grown into a tree, but that man is like a tree. And he'll stand there and his bark will be strong enough to endure the elements of this world, the wind and the waves and whatever it is, he'll just stand strong. Parents, parents have a great mission, powerful, powerful mission. Help us, Lord. Number two, here's what we learn from Joseph. We learn that the mission of God is present at birth. Jesus is our example of how the mission works. It's already present at birth. Nothing catches God by surprise. See, when the scripture says, when the scripture says she will give birth to a son, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This applies to each and every one of us. Before you were, as the scripture says, a twinkle in your mother's eye, God already knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb and I was formed in my mother's womb, God already knew us and he already had a plan for us. And the plan was great and the plan was amazing and the plan was powerful. God wanted to use our lives. It's already there. Everybody say it's already there. God's call, God's mission is upon your life already in some cases, all we have to do is discover it. But it's already there. So look, I was, I was thinking about this and just random, thinking about different people in our church. So today one of our, actually he was serving right in our, here's a picture of, of uh, how many know Robert Lee? This is his wonderful wife, his beautiful wife, Tiffany. So listen, let me tell you a quick, quick, quick uh, uh, story on Robert. Robert was born in Chicago. He was born to a Muslim family and was Muslim for 21 years until he went to prison. He met Jesus in prison. He came to, to CT with his living girlfriend. The Lord was still working. Okay, when he got to CT, he, he, the Lord spoke to him. And I remember... I remember him having a meeting with Pastor Man. Pastor Man said, you want to serve God? You got you to gotta get right with God. You got to do this. You got to do that. I don't know. It was like six weeks later or something like that. Robert comes back. He's married. Prampang, <laughs> as they say in Cuba. And serving and growing and reading the Bible and always hungry and, and, and what can I do and, and just growing and growing and growing. He's led so many people to the, so look, he's led so many people to the Lord. He's, God has blessed him. He's in business. He's gotten promotions and all sorts of open doors and the hand of the Lord up, is upon his life. Hallelujah. He brought his family to the story of love. His family, his parents accepted Jesus. A Muslim dad accepted Jesus. Now he's in the prison ministry and in the parking ministry and any ministry that needs some help, you can find Robert there. And guess what? 
the half has not been told. So check out Robert. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Robert, how old were you right there? Four? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. See this cute little guy? Now everybody, please pay attention. It's important. Right here, God already knew. Listen, right here, the Lord was already working. The Lord was already finding the way so that Robert would give his heart to him. He had formed him. He knew him before he was in his mother's womb. He knew the plan. He knew the purpose. He knew how God wanted to use him. It would take a while. It would take a while. Yes. It would take a while because God is not a bully. He's a gentleman. And listen, you can run, but you can't hide. And he keeps chasing and chasing and going after. We don't know exactly what the circumstances were. But we know that the Spirit of God, not one day of his life. Now think about this. Think about the devil trying to take Robert out. Think about the devil trying to destroy him. And I want you to know, every time he got to the line and it was about to go too far, an angel stepped right in and said, stop. Come on, let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. No, no, no. God has a plan for his life. The mission is, of God is present at birth. It's already there. You could be in the most sour, ugly, yucky state today. You could be in a dark place. You could be in a rebellious place. You could be in a hurt place, a painful place, an angry place. And there is one who loves you. And there's one who cares for you. There's one who wants to heal you. And then he wants to, like Pastor Simla preached on Tuesday, he wants to set your feet on a solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. And he wants to launch you into making an impact for all of eternity and for the glory of Christ himself. All you have to do is answer the call. Listen, life is not random for the child of God. Your life is not random. Life is not random for the child of God. God has a plan and a purpose for every life. And when we seek him, we'll find him. Now here's the third thing that, I, that we need to say and we, that we learn from this passage of scripture. And I'm going to actually use a different parable uh, that Jesus spoke. But here's the last thing because some people might be wrestling with this. Okay, the last thing is this. Missional clarity can come at any age. 
Because some people say, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm 36 and, and, uh, and uh, I don't know what my mission is. Missional clarity can come in a, in a, at any age. And the thing is, is we have to press in because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you press into God, you surrender to God. We have to press in because something happens when we press into God and we surrender to God. Then he begins to download. But I want to read this to you. Listen to this. This is Jesus. This is the parable of mission. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon. Everybody say noon. Okay, about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five. The five for us is the, typically the end of the workday. But it says about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, the answer. He said, you also go work in my vineyard. Hallelujah. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages. Beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received the denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them received also a denarius. Here's what the moral of this story is. Is you can meet God at 9 in the morning or you can meet him at 12 in the afternoon or you can meet him at 3 or you can meet him at 5. But God has a plan and God has a reward. God has a plan and God has a reward for all of his people. It's never too late to step into the plan of God for your life. It's never too late to step into God's plan. And let me tell you something. The, the closer you get to God, the clearer the plan of God. Your life doesn't become less necessarily, uh, um, everything is not explained, but God sets your sails. This is what he's called me to do. And there's something so powerful about living a life that's on mission. And you could say, well, uh, I'm already 51 years old. I, I always think about... Um, Smith Wigglesworth, who was an angry plumber, really mean to his wife, and then he gave his heart to Christ. And he went from being a plumber to an, a healing evangelist. And he led so many people to the Lord, and books have been written about Smith Wigglesworth. And, and uh, he was such a unique, unorthodox guy. One day he was walking, and a guy was fixing his lawn, working on his lawn, and he walked over. The guy was bent over. He walked over, and he just pushed him over. The guy fell over. The guy looked up at him, and he says, do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus? That's an unconventional way to lead people to Christ. Guy gave his life to Jesus. 
had faith to see people come to know the Lord and uh, 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 to see people healed. And it all started at 55. Let me tell you something. No one is too old to do the will of the Father. Could somebody say amen? Hallelujah. So here's what we've learned. Number one, we've learned that parents have a mission. Number two, we've learned that mission, the mission of God is present at birth. And number three, missional clarity can come at any age. No excuses. We prayed this morning against excuses today. No excuses. Here it is, simply speaking, going back to Joseph's mission. What, what, what did what was the plan of God for Joseph's life? Here it is. Okay, the mission of God. Follow the plan, serve his son. Everybody say that with me. Ready? Follow the plan, serve his son. You want to take some notes? Take that note right there. How do I do the mission? Follow the plan and serve his son. And notice this. The Bible says... When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Okay? It was when Joseph woke up. Here's, here's what I believe happens when someone really receives the call of God. You know what happens? They wake up. It's like, it's like I don't know what day it happened, but one day... Something happened in Robert's heart that all of a sudden he woke up. And the way he lived and the, the choices he made and the decisions that he, they were changed because God spoke into his heart and said, this is the way, walk ye in it. God wants that for every single person in this room. I believe... I believe that one of the things that God has to do in order to strengthen the church of Jesus Christ is refresh and renew the value of the mission and plan of God. It's like we got to get it again. And we need teenagers getting the call of God. We need 10-year-olds receiving the mission of God. We need 55-year-olds receiving the mission of God and 65-year-olds receiving the mission of God. Come on, let's lift our hands to him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to just open your heart for a moment. Have you woken up? Are you, are you kind of like, like uh, just going through the motions or do you have a clear sense of mission? God is able to speak to his children and to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. And it all begins as we say, Lord, here I, we're here, we're ready to receive, oh God. So we lift our hands to you, God. Hallelujah. We lift our hearts. Come on, lift your heart to him. Hallelujah, Jesus.